the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal, live and in broadcast. Keller looking good today, sir. And we are actually on YouTube as well. So you are in broadcast color. Real color. We are, yeah. Chris. And good morning to you. How are you today, sir? Outstanding. Well, that's good. That's how you always are. <laughs> I like it, you know. If I ever need to be in a good mood, I just call you. You are just one happy camper. That's and right. That's I a practice, good thing, right? I practice. I just, you know, in the mirror every morning. I just go. With my, you know, my lips and all that stuff. <laughs> I hear you. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Again, I'd like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners now at WAVA in the D.C. and Baltimore area, as well as our listeners now for the last couple of years on Sirius XM, Family Talk 131, Coast to Coast, Border to Border, and our new listeners and followers, I guess you would call it, on YouTube. You can go check us out in the studio live or streaming it on www.makingmoneysense.com right there on YouTube and sort of see how a uh, radio show's done in, in the home studios, if you will, these days. Uh, lots of fun to, to check it out. Again, it's Open Mic Saturday. Any questions at all, give us a ring at five at 888. Ah, blew the number there, Chris. 888. <laughs> Where's my number? There we are. 888 
um, uh, uh, you know, about market direction, about economic direction, about economic ideology, you know, all different issues facing the markets these days. We've got the election coming up. We've got the Supreme Court nomination that's going to be announced this afternoon. Oh, wow. We've got COVID numbers spiking in, in Europe, and Europe is under certain types of lockdowns now uh, in, in bars and things in certain areas. We'll get into a little bit of that as well. We also have, have concerns about the lagging participation and recovery in the service sector market, you know, specifically airlines, hotels, travel, you know, things like that. So, so lots of concerns there, but yet at the same time, the markets still continue to, to drive on. And the markets right now are really at an intersection in time. They're looking for reasons to drive up again or to pull back. I think we're going to see some choppiness here over the coming weeks until some of this stuff gets put into our rearview mirror, and it will at a certain particular point in time. One of the biggest moving market things this week, Chris, was uh, Chairman Jerome Powell was talking about um, you know, where the economy is this past week, made some, some pretty positive statements. Uh, he, said, he said that the Fed is going to continue to, to support the economy. We, he's seen um, continued improvement across the majority of sectors. There are some lagging, as I just mentioned here, but, but Powell acknowledged that, that there's still a lot of uncertainty out there. And the markets, you know, don't. there's an old adage on Wall Street, Chris, don't, don't ever fight the Fed. Yeah, don't fight Follow the Fed. Follow the Fed, yeah. that's for sure, you know. He did make a comment this past week here that really shook the markets big time Wednesday afternoon. That's when we had that sort of fall off the cliff moment late Wednesday afternoon. And he basically said that the the uh, uh, economy um, uh, will recover more quickly if we have the aid of more financial stimulus. Now, he didn't say that the economy needs more stimulus uh, in order to recover, but he said the economy will recover more quickly if we have another round of targeted type of stimulus, okay? And, and so there's a big difference there. The markets kind of took that a little jittery on Wednesday. Thursday and Friday's action was just up and down, you know, positive and negative all, all day long there. Uh, you know, and you saw some, some, some nice rebounds on Friday. So <clears throat> lots of stuff going to be happening over the coming weeks in the markets. Got some questions for you all out there. You know, are your portfolios designed to withstand the volatility that we've seen recently? Where, you know, what about your, your streams of income for those of you that are retired? And depending on, on market streams of income, you know, how secure are, are your positions out there? So, uh, again, open mic Saturday. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Go check out our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It's free. We send out monthly pieces of, of information, financial education. Lots of people go there and sign up. If you want, you can also type in your questions, and uh, we'll read them on the air the following week. No, no problem with that. We've got lots of people uh, emailing us all the time, asking questions. We send out lots of information. Hey, I do have an announcement. Next Saturday, uh, October 3rd, we're going to be having our estate planning attorney join us live on the air. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So, so cool. uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give her a big interview and and have her break down some of the more complicated issues when it comes to estate planning and and really show people you know that it's not as complicated as you think. 
and just some of the basic blocking and tackling uh, in, involved with all that. So we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, bringing her on next, next week as well. Let's go ahead and, and keep the lines open here, Chris. Let's welcome Michael on the line from Florida. Good morning, Michael. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How can I help you, sir? All right. My question, um, my wife and I are 55 years um, exactly, and we have three grown daughters, all married. We have five grandchildren, one of the way. Uh, both employed, I'm self-employed, and my wife works in the hospital. And we're to the point now that we do not know where to go uh, financially. We've done exceptionally well. Uh, uh, we support the missions. We support our church. We are financially free, uh, all our vehicles, home. Uh, everything we've just recently paid off as of, I think, 2018. So now being that work is still good despite COVID and whatnot. We have an excessive amount of cash. It sits in a personal account earning virtually no interest whatsoever. Um, I do load up my 401k through my work, but we just don't know what to do with the, the money. We just It just sits there doing nothing. So that's our question, more of an estate planning. The most recent thing we've done, we put all our real properties into a trust for our children and naming our oldest daughter, of course, the executor, but there's still the cash that remains that we just, I mean, there's gotta be something better to invest in. Uh, we just don't really know where to go. We've read self-help books and they just don't make any sense to us whatsoever. Michael, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that you're, you're very well blessed. No doubt about it. Sounds like you've been a good steward with your assets as well. Amen. Um, so, so let's go down two avenues of thought here with your question. One is, it's basically, you know, hey, I've got some cash building up in my bank accounts, and, and I'm not happy with my performance, my rate of return. That seems to be one question, right? Yes. And the other question that I, that I, that I pulled out of your, your statements here is, is, you know, what's next on the horizon? Why do I have these assets? What am I to do with them? How do I take these assets that I've been blessed with and put them back into the Lord's kingdom? But at the same time, I also want to make sure that, that my family's taken care of, right? That little balancing mix, right? God's going to take care of you for sure. So, so I'm hearing two questions. How do I get better performance on my money? And then what am I going to do with it, right? Is that correct? That is essentially correct, yes. So, so um, uh, I'm going to suggest a book. Have you read the book Halftime? No, sir. Uh, go pick up a copy of this book called Halftime. Um, Bob, uh, I forget the name of the author. He's passed away now. Um, that book kind of changed changed the way I viewed a lot of things about money a long time ago, and and a lot of my friends as well. Uh, but basically, you know, it's it's addressing. Okay, Michael, what are you going to do in the second half of your life? You've got you've got you know you've you've kind of won in man's economic game, right? Now, what are you going to do with the assets that keep on coming in? Are you you know you you no, yes you can save. And you can donate and you can give, but maybe we need to come up with some sort of a financial plan where we're really actually making a bigger impact in the Lord's kingdom, right, with these dollars. Correct. Right? So, so uh, take a look at that, that book called Halftime, and it's going to give you Halftime. some very good ideas. It's going to cover several subjects on exactly what this question may be, okay? Um, I'd like to follow up with you on this because this is just an interesting dialogue to me anyway. 
and, and, and to see how it works out. Now, as far as getting back to man's economy, you know, we're talking about the Lord's economy here. Now let's jump yep. back over into man's economy, and we still have the same question. You know, what do I do with my, my, my rate of return in my bank account? So, you know, if, 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 first of all, we need to have a certain amount of assets in our bank account for emergencies and stuff like that. You already know all that. Yeah. Uh, where can we move the money to get a better rate of return? So, so think yeah. of this in steps. You know, step one is the bank. Principles guaranteed, zero interest rate. Step one, away from the bank, can I get a better rate of return? Yeah, you know, anywhere from 25 maybe to 3.5% interest in some very conservative-type bond funds. But what about my principal? Is it guaranteed? No, but it's backed by, you know, highly rated bonds from corporations and or maybe government as well, okay? And then what about the principal fluctuation? And it's very, very little. What about if I take two steps away from the bank? Now I can get a little bit higher interest rate, and my principal fluctuates even more. What about eight steps away from the bank? Now the principal's flying all around the place in the stock market, and I could get a, even a higher rate of return. See what I mean? <laughs> so, yes, I do. Yep. So what I need to do is I sort of need to educate you on the different steps away from the bank to where you, you're re, to where you and your wife are 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 feeling happy about you know saying hey you know. Maybe we put a little bit in step one, a little bit in step two, and that's it for us because we don't want to get a great rate of return, but we just want to get a little bit better rate of return than the banks are providing. We want complete liquidity and things like that. By the way, Bob Buford uh, is, is the gentleman, thanks, Chris, who wrote Halftime, uh, uh, the book by Bob Buford, B-U-F-O-R-D. Yep, yep. Check out that book. You'll, you'll really like it. Um, but uh, so, so I want to send you out our financial planning toolkit. One of the things that you need to take a look at as well is sort of how things are going to cascade down in your family line, you know, from, from an estate planning standpoint, um, in a di looking at your beneficiary forms, your will, your trust. I know you mentioned something about that. Uh, we, had just, we had just done that, yes. We completed that. Good. Um, and then, you know, talking about bloodline protection. Uh, so, so, you know, those, those are a lot of the different areas um, to, to, to really take a look at. So if you like, Michael, I'd be happy to send you out our financial planning toolkit and then follow, have someone follow back up with you on this right here and um, uh, continue the discussion on, you know, halftime and things of that nature. You know, maybe you end up setting up some sort of, uh, uh, you know, really targeting some missions or starting a mission or, or, or things like that, you know, uh, with some okay. of the excess dollars that you have. Lots of good things to be doing about it, but, you know, I, I, I think that uh, maybe you're in a situation here where you're exploring, you're taking a look at how do I impact God's kingdom more so uh, when your needs are already taken care of, right? I mean, you know, we can only water ski behind one boat at a time, right? That is correct. <laughs> yep, yep, that's exactly right. So uh, let we me could put you on hold. We could try more than one, but that would be an ugly picture, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you, Chris. <laughs> would not be fun, right? That's right. Not at all. Let me put you on hold, Michael. We'll send you out our sure. financial planning toolkit, and then uh, we'll get back on the line with some, some ideas together that we can bounce off and sort of guide this discussion a little bit. I appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You 
are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. It's 2020, and there are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Indeed, indeed, 855-767-3123. If you'd like to talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert right here in studio, taking your phone calls, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, Larry. Chris, dovetailing on our last caller, Michael, one of the things that, that is very fundamental in, in passing assets on to heirs in a proper way is just looking at the beneficiary form. And I've talked about this from time to time in, in, on, on the shows, and, and, and I've done webinars and seminars on all this. But it's important when you take a look at your beneficiary forms to find out if the beneficiary form is, is, is passing assets on according to per capita or to per stirpes. Okay, and there's a big difference here. And let me just sort of break this down a little bit. By per capita and per stirpes, money could actually accidentally disinherit people. And let me explain what I mean by this. <clears throat> Let's suppose you, 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 you have uh, two kids, okay? You pass, your wife gets everything, then she passes, right? And then the 50-50 to both kids. That's usually how it works. But what happens if one child passes before your spouse passes, before the ultimate money goes to the next generation, right? If the beneficiary form is filled out per, per capita, then that means the surviving child will get a hundred percent of the money but what about the heirs to the predeceased child they get nothing but if the beneficiary form is filled out per stirpes then fifty percent will go to the surviving child which is the way you originally wanted it and fifty percent will then cascade down the bloodline of the the child that predeceased okay so it's important to really take a look at this and and we see people uh, you know, th this happens in the industry a lot in all different types of beneficiary forms. 
because the default is per capita. And that's what they think is going to happen. And in fact, it, it doesn't necessarily happen. And, and, and I know a lot of people, I know this is going to spark a lot of interest and a lot of emails and things like that, but it's really important to pull out your beneficiary forms and see how they're designated. Are they designated per capita or per stirpes? <clears throat> There's a big difference. And a rule of thumb is this. You know, if you have two, two or more children and you think that they're going to have grandchildren or they already do, then you're probably going to need to lean towards per stirpes on your beneficiary forms. And remember, per capita is the default way. So it's important to, t to pull these forms out and take a good look at them, especially you know, doing a beneficiary audit once a year or so. That's one of the things that we do a lot with our clients is always make sure that their beneficiary forms are up to date. Institutions change, institutions technology change, people get married, people have babies, all kinds of things that are happening. People need to update their beneficiary forms. It's really important. Um, it doesn't really help or anything with taxes, but it does help in passing assets on properly, either per stirpes or per capita. Uh, again, it's very important. And, and if you want some information on the difference, <coughs> excuse me, between per capita and per stirpes, we have a packet of information we can send you out. Just give us a call at 855-ROSE-123 or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email and ask us for uh, the information on the beneficiary forms how to fill it out, how to audit your beneficiary form as well. Again, go to LarryRosenthal.com. And while you're there, like us and follow us on Facebook. Sign up for our newsletters. Uh, you can also take a look at, at how we build and construct a financial plan on the video that's on there as well. And stay tuned. We're going to be announcing some webinars coming up here in the fall, um, you know, as, as far as all that goes. You know, one of the questions that, that we have to ask oftentimes, since we're talking about per capita and per benef you know, beneficiary forms and things like that is, you know, how much, how much do we leave to the kids? What are the best assets to leave to the kids? Who should get it? When should they get it? How should they get it? Right? You know, sometimes you, you want to leave enough that they, they get started in life, but not enough that they don't get started in life. How do you control that issue? Well, this is right? also kind of personality-based, isn't it, uh, on the individual as, the you, you know, as your kids grow and maturity level and all of that? It, it could very well be. You know, there's a whole lot involved with it, too. Yeah. You know, and, and um, uh, you know, how do you, how do you know when to trust to leave the kids with everything? You know, do you put it in your trust? I mean, I've seen trust all over the place. Some kids, you know, don't get money until they're, until they're 22 years old, sometimes 55 years old, um, you know, and everywhere in between. Uh, so, so, so there's a lot involved with all of this. I hope my know? wife leaves me some money someday. <laughs> in you your know. ATM machine, right? Yeah, there. yeah, that's where I gotta get it. Exactly. Yep, yep. There you go. That's you get twenty dollars a week, right? That's my allowance. That's right. I know. I know. You gotta stop buying these baseball cards. That's that's right. Well, wait a minute. That's you. That's not me. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Uh, but no, seriously, it is important, you know. And w when you're taking a look at 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 you know, what to leave, who to leave it to. If you sort of break down your assets between, um, um, you know, real assets, personal effects, you know, personal items, and cash or investment assets, how do you know how to leave them? And, again, dovetailing into the beneficiary form is a big issue here. You know, is it per capita? Is it per stirpes? Things like that. You know, when it comes to estate planning, again, big, big, big questions. Uh, what about estate equalization? 
What happens if you're going to leave one child more than the other? Unfortunately, sometimes that happens. But most of the time, most of the time, I see people trying to make sure everything's split exactly even down the, down, down the path. Uh, and and uh, estate planning can become uh, pretty pretty it, uh, good detail. Well, that question. should make next week's uh, show pretty interesting then is to make it sure. It will. That, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, we're sort of bleeding into next week now yeah. af- after uh, going down the road here. Uh, but, uh, hey, let's welcome Ivan on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Ivan. How are you today? Morning. How can I help so, you, sir? So I, I uh, you know, for a long time I'm a federal employee. I've been uh, just doing the 5% matching in the DSP, uh, just the traditional. And then uh, I started putting 5% towards the Roth IRA. And I'm hoping that's going to lower my tax bracket. I'm at 22%. So, Ivan, when you put money into your TSP on the pre-tax side, it will lower your tax bracket this year, okay? Because the pre-tax side of a retirement plan enables you to put the money in and not pay income and state taxes on it while you're contributing it. If you're putting money on the Roth side, that's after-tax money. But the advantage there is it can come out tax-free down the road, so theoretically you'll be getting a tax deduction when you're pulling the Roth side of the money out during your retirement years, okay? Um, so, so you know, if, if, if I brought a 1,000 financial advisors into the office right now, in, into the uh, studio, and asked them this question, should people put money on the pre-tax side of the retirement plans or on the post-tax Roth side of the retirement plans? You're going to get various answers. The first third are pretty much going to tell you, you know what, put it all pre-tax. Because you get your tax deduction today, no one can ever take it away from you. Okay. Now, the next third are going to say, no, 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 they're wrong. Taxes are low today, historically speaking. Pay your tax today and put it on the Roth side so that down the road in retirement years, you can have tax-free income. Okay. And then the middle third are going to say, do a combination of both. And that's where I sit. I believe that people should have a combination of both. I, I, I get it. I understand. And I support putting money in pre-tax today to get your current tax deduction. However, I also understand and I, I see with many, many clients all across the country the value of having money in Roth retirement plans when you're pulling dollars out in retirement years completely tax-free. The money passes to your heirs tax-free. You don't have required minimum distributions on, on anything uh, with, within the Roth. So there's a lot of advantages there. So I like the idea. We call it, at Ivan, we call it tax allocation strategy. You know, you take a look at, at investment allocation, make sure you spread your investment risk around, and then product allocation, some stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, et cetera, et cetera, and then tax allocation money on the pre-tax side and money on the post-tax side. So if you like, I'll be happy to, uh, to send you out some information on the differences between the Roth side of, of retirement planning as well as the pre-tax side. Is that okay? Yes, and I, I was looking for a calculator because the, uh, the Roth, um, um, you know, took out of my account uh, because of the deferred tax. Uh, took out. Well, it's going to take out 400 in January, uh, but 
and even down right now because of the deferred tax thing. So it would have been 200 down, but and then uh, for the deferred tax, you know, it's going to be 400 in January. But uh, I, I'm trying to figure out if I if I do five percent uh, traditional, start right now doing five and five. If I do five percent traditional extra, how much will it affect my net pay? Sure, there's calculators that you can figure that out with. I, I can have someone uh, help you, help you down the road with that. That's not a problem. Um, uh -oh. But your your tax preparer can also help figure it out too. Uh, but uh, I'll I'll put you on hold and we'll get some information out to you on how to figure out how much you should be uh, taking out and how much your net net um, uh, paycheck would be, as well as the differences between the pre-tax side and the Roth side. And we'll talk about the pros and cons of both of those. Okay. Let me Thank put you on hold. Yep, absolutely. Let me put you on hold, Ivan, and Bob will get some some basic contact information from you. We'll have one of our advisors reach out to you and help you with uh, figuring all this out next week. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Again, go visit our website, LarryRosenthal.com or RosenthalWealthManagement.com. Sign up and for our newsletters, follow us and like us on Facebook, uh, as well as check out our library of resources. Uh, you know, we want to be an educational tool for you all. We want to we help provide the answers to your personal financial planning, your business financial planning, whatever it may be. You know, cover, you know, uh, again, open mic Saturday. Any questions at all, feel free to give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're going to take a quick break here. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea call now 855-767-3123 that's 855-ROSE-123 live from the nation's capital this is the Larry Rosenthal show so I gotta ask you Larry have you ever water skied are you a water skier or is that uh, just yes a, oh you are yes I've water skied how is that are you good it's at it? It's fun. You get a little wet, but it's fun. Yeah. I'd probably get a lot <laughs> wet if I were trying to do it because I, I don't think I'd be on the skis very often. I haven't done it yet. I've never tried it. You see. should try it, Chris. It's yeah. a lot of fun. You know? Wow. Yeah, okay. There's tricks to it. you got to pull back instead of lean forward. Okay. You know? Okay. Well, we'll try it sometime. You know. Yes. I was just listening to your, you know, your, your your commercial there where we talked about water ski behind one, you know, one one boat at a time. I'm not gonna try that yet. 
but I w certainly would like to see if I could do stand up on at least one or two minutes while I'm out there. I'm pretty sure you could. <laughs> okay. It's not all that difficult, you know. But but I'm, I'm you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to see that with you, <laughs> you know. What do you think, everybody? Should Chris try and water scary. ski and we'll put it on YouTube? <laughs> That's a broadcast I don't think I'd want to watch. <laughs> That's the deal right there. That's definitely the deal. So, hey, you know, so surveys are out. Uh, I mean, surveys are always out, right? <laughs> Especially yeah. this time of year, this this year. But uh, I get surveys that, that, that cross my desk all the time. You know, this group says that, this group says that, you know, on, and, and everything like that. And and, and um, let's talk about some of this here. This is the, the latest data for 2019 from uh, EBRI, Employee Benefit Research Institute, talking about, you know, the realities of what retirees are dealing with when it comes to, you know, their cash flow, working in retirement, how their savings did, all kinds of stuff like that. And some very interesting scenarios here, and, and, and one, of the, one of the things is almost three out of four workers expect uh, work-related earnings to, la to, to be at least a minor source of their retirement income. So about 75% of people that are, that are early in or, or, get, or prior to retirement are saying, yeah, when I retire, I expect some sort of part-time work. To, to be a, a source, a minor source anyway, of my um, uh, retirement income to supplement. And when you take a look at, at the different sources, the major and minor sources, uh, working for pay in retirement is one of the lowest percentages that's bringing income into the family. Uh, so, so people are, are finding that they're, they're choosing not to work a lot more so in retirement, which is kind of an interesting stat, I thought. Uh, major source of income for most people, 88% of retirees surveyed, again, this is at the end of 2019, this, this survey is just out here, are, are stating that, that Social Security is their major source. It's their biggest source of retirement income. Not pensions, not dividends and interest from their own savings and investments, but Social Security. <coughs> now, personal savings and investments is number two, stating at 69%. So, so if you stop and think about, you know, the two biggest sources of retirement income is Social Security and their own personal savings and investments. Pensions are number three. And that goes to speak volumes for the number of pensions uh, that are being provided for right now to current retirees is shrinking more and more. And that trend is going to continue as more and more companies continue to uh, uh, stop their, their pension plans. So let's welcome Marcia on the line from the district. Good morning, Marcia. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm well. How can I help you? I was calling because um, I um, have a settlement from my former employee on salary discrimination. And so I wasn't sure um, how to treat that. I know I have to treat it as income um, when I uh, file for my taxes this year, but I wasn't sure of like the tax Oop, I, I, I didn't hear that last part. I heard you say you have to treat it as income, but you weren't what? She wasn't sure of the tax implications. Oh, yeah. Just regular okay. income. Just treat it as that okay. if you had a second job of, of money coming in. It's just regular income. Okay. You know, you can put it into, you can, if you're eligible, you can put it into an IRA or whatever the, the, the case may be. But it's just going to drop right on your tax return as ordinary income for you. Okay. All right. And then um, I know part of it, it was, to pay for my lawyer's fees, so does that 
uh, come into consideration, or is that still that lawyers fees are considered uh, taxes? I mean, income as well. I'm not sure that the lawyers. Uh, cost is tax deductible under the changes of tax code. I don't do taxes, um, you know, so I'm not a CPA. That's something that you're going to have to talk with a tax advisor about, okay? Okay. Uh, because that's a personal expense to you, um, and you need you need to take a look at that. If you want, I can I can uh, uh, have someone reach out and get some information to you on that. I can refer you over to some CPAs that we work with in the area. Okay. Yes. Okay, let me put you on hold here, and Bob will get some information from you, and we'll have someone follow up with you next week. I appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. There you go. Chris, you're nodding at me, you know. I'm just saying you got it right. There you go. I know. I know. Uh, but, you know, it is it is important, and it is interesting, getting back to what we were talking about here. Again, give us a ring with any subject matter at all. It, it is interesting to take a look at, at what people were thinking is going to happen in retirement versus what the reality is in retirement, uh, you know, as far as all that goes. So, so um, you know, and one of the things that, that I find is a lot of people were expecting to work until – 65 or 66 when in fact the majority of people end up retiring earlier 62 or 63 according to the survey based off of issues at work or health concerns or health concerns for a family member that they may have to help out with so so you know lots of lots of changes people need to be ready for it and this all boils down to you know what does your financial plan look like what is your game plan what does your finish line look like are you ready uh, should should something come up there? So um, you know, again, go 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 check out our website, LarryRosenthal.com, and view the video right there on the front page, and it'll talk about you know uh, it, it gives you it's about 90 seconds long, and it shows you what a properly structured financial plan looks like, how it would be um, uh, rebalanced, and 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 things of that nature. There, you know, but we also have to remember too, we need to keep everything real uh, when we're dealing with money. Uh, Chris, you know, we, we talk about money all the time on the show and, you know, and, and, um, uh, you know, in Matthew four, four, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Right. And so we need to put our priorities in place. God wants no idols between him and us. And money can, can tend to do that sometimes, mm -hmm. or the shiny bright objects that money can buy sometimes too. Yeah. Or the power and things like that that it can wield. So and stay so focused on who it belongs to, right? That's correct. Let's stay humble as we walk every day, you know. And especially in these times, what a great time to to witness to people, you know, and 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 calm people down and let them see the joy and the light and the peace within our hearts uh, because of the Lord. So definitely, and that relates right, into man. money as well. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, with, 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 without a doubt. So, hey, we are excited, though. We are going to roll out some more webinars here coming up uh, probably in, in October, November, and maybe in December as time goes on. Uh, took, sort of took the summer off after our May and June series. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be announcing that here pretty soon uh, on our website. You can go check it out at LarryRosenthal.com. Just click on the little seminar button right there, and you'll be able to register. For those of you that want to join up on our newsletter, feel free to, to, to sign up there while you're on the website as well. It's a free newsletter. We send it out each, each month, just once a month, on some of the more pertinent things that are going on in the markets and the economy and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, again, coming up here real quick, 
in the coming weeks, we expect to see a little bit of volatility. You know, we don't like to predict markets at all. We like to do proper investing and financial planning. Uh, but, but uh, you know, just uh, make sure that your portfolios are, 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 are well positioned to handle any volatility that may be approaching uh, because of stimulus, um, election, uh, and, and just everything that seems to be circulating around in the news these days. So, so. how do you know the difference um, between the value of your investments versus the noise that's going on out there and whether or not you should rebalance or make changes? Well, when you talk about rebalancing, Chris, that's a great question. When you talk about rebalancing and making, making changes, th th those are two different categories, really. You know, if I'm going to rebalance, let's suppose that you're going to have, let's say, 80% of your money in stocks and 20% in bonds, okay? You want to have an 80-20 mixture or 70-30 or 60-40, whatever it may be. And then due to market action, at some point, maybe your stock allocation is, is uh, 72 and the bonds have increased, right? Um, so you might want to hit a rebalance button so you go back to that 80-20 mixture, Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, rebalancing always covers a, a double-edged sword because what happens if you're going, well, you know, this asset class that just shrunk down because it it's dropped by 8%, I'm going to go buy more of it? What happens if it's still not doing good and may not do good for a while? So you really have to take a look at it, and maybe there's some tactical thought in, involved with it. You don't rebalance to back to the original position is, is one thought as well. Uh, but then you're taking a, but then you also asked about selling off or, or, or getting something different. And that goes into the what is your buy and sell strategy? You know, one of the most difficult things to do for investors is after they make the decision to sell something, okay, is what are they going to buy? Where is that money going to go? Is it going to sit in cash? Is it going to go to something conservative, something aggressive? Where is it going to go? So the buy-sell decision process is, I mean, it's, a, it's not something that's lightly considered, you know. And, and your financial advisors out there, they should be able to, to very easily explain to you what your buy-sell decision process is. How do they break down the economy? How do they break down the markets, the economy? How do they understand what's going on with fiscal policy, with monetary policy? And how does all of that information, all of that noise, as you just called it, Chris, how does all of that relate into your personal financial plan? Okay, so, so there you've got the entire economy in front of you, then you've got the markets, and then your financial plan, your needs, How's all that stuff dovetailed and tied together? And, and the hub of all of that is really the financial plan. Mm -hmm. The financial plan is going to tie together taxes, estate planning, insurance, money management, investments, the whole nine yards, right? And then the financial advisor should be able to explain to somebody, you know, what your decision process is. How do you break it all down? How do you make buy-sell decisions? What allocations do you use? You know, and, and, and things like that. And be able to show you a track record. Of, of you know the research and and how they the, how they help break it all down so that's kind of the answer to your question yeah, it's a lot but for one person to try to put on their shoulders you definitely need somebody on your team like yourself as a financial planner there are just way too many things that come into that equation well I'm obviously biased to using professional help you know yeah. um, you know if I'm gonna do estate planning documents I'm gonna bring in an attorney that does it you know yeah. if, if, uh, I, if I need to uh, rebuild an engine I'm not the guy 
You know, uh, you know, I, I've got a, you need a friend water of mine ski? that does don't, that. Don't depend on Chris. You know that. that right yeah. there, you go. Yeah, yeah. You can't drive the boat, Chris, if we're okay. water skiing together. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds right? like a plan. Yeah, no, not not at all, <laughs> not not at all. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that's, that's a that's bad picture. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> that is crazy. That is crazy. So, hey, one of the most underlooked and most expensive things I would say here, two 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 different categories, is is your disability insurance and long term care insurance. And let me just sort of of uh, lean into this real quick. When you're because we were talking about financial planning a little while ago. When you're building a financial plan, one of the things you do need to look at is your insurance. You know, your homeowners, your auto insurance, your umbrella liability policies, life insurance, health insurance, Medicare supplement, and things like that. Two areas that are that are often underserved is is long-term care insurance, just simply because of the cost of these policies, and disability insurance, again, because of the cost of the policies. But if you stop and think about this, disability insurance is paycheck insurance. It's the only insurance out there that's going to pay you if you become sick or injured and you're unable to work, right? And, and so that's, that's an important thing is to make sure that you have disability insurance, both short-term and long-term. So, you know, I guess we're, 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 we're on the cusp of the fourth quarter of the year. Maybe it's a good time for some people to be doing annual reviews and taking a look at all of this, but as well as long-term care insurance. And we're seeing more and more pressure in the long-term care industry for rates to rise. People's policies are, are going up, up, and up as far as the premiums go. How do you control this? What's the right thing to do? Well, Larry, I've, I've had this policy for 15 years, and the cost is so expensive now, I'm thinking about dropping it. What are my choices? What can I do? A lot of companies now are offering you to have like a paid-up type of a policy where you no longer have to put money in, but, but should you need to go into a nursing facility or trigger some of the benefits, you know, there, there's a fixed amount that they would pay back to cover that premium that you've paid in over the years. That's a good option for some people. Um, you know, other, t other times they're, they're offering you to take a reduction, a small reduction in benefits in order to keep the premiums more in line and not, not be raised up so much. So when you get these notices from your insurance company about your long-term care insurance rising as far as the premiums go, Circle back with them and, and have some dialogue and say, hey, can I, can I do some of this? Because sometimes they just send you the new bill. Sometimes they send you the new bill with some choices that you can, you can analyze and figure out about how to, to control you know, some cost containment provisions on their end, but enables you to control the premiums going up uh, this time around as well as maybe in the future. You know, and the, again, there's also the, the, a newer type of, of long-term care policy, and that is a policy that is a life-slash-long-term care policy. There, the policy, the premiums are guaranteed in some of these things never to go up at all. Uh, so, so you've got a fixed premium going into this, but your benefit stays the same as well. And, and there, you know, if you think about a traditional long-term care policy, if you pass away before you need before you, you, you claim any benefits, those premiums are lost, whereas the life-slash-long-term care policy, you know that the money's going to come back to the family either through the proceeds of the life insurance or the long-term care benefit to protect the family assets. So, so very good information to, to take a look at when it comes to, um, uh, the, uh, you know, a very tough subject because of the cost with, those, with these policies. Yeah. It really is, but but uh, you know you, it just pays for itself real quickly. If you have a loved one, all of a sudden that you know all of their assets and everything would be in jeopardy if they didn't have something like this. 
in order to take care of them or give them that care that they would need without that policy. It's really kind of a lifeline. It is. It, you know, the, the purpose of long-term care insurance is twofold, Chris. Is one is to provide the, the care needed for the person who needs the care, and two is to protect the assets for the person that, uh, or for the survivors. You know, and, and, and looking at traditional long-term care versus the life-slash-long-term care policy, there's a big, big difference. Most people are gravitating towards the life-slash-long-term care policy because of the guaranteed payment back to the family for the benefits. Uh, you know, like suppose you have a pool of money of, say, $500,000 sitting there ready for your long-term care benefit, you know, and, and maybe you only use 200000 of it in a facility uh, and then pass away. Well, the other balance, the 300000 comes back to the family tax-free in the form of insurance, you know, life insurance, that is. So, so there's a bigger, bigger benefit there, um, a more of a guarantee-type benefit in most cases anyway, on on the, that type of a policy. I, I've also heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that there's a difference between men and women as far as longevity is concerned or whether or not that they would need long-term care. Sometimes women may need more than men. It depends, of course, upon health concerns. But statistically, I've heard that women usually need that longer-term care because they live a little bit longer than men. Is that what you've heard? That, that, that is true. I've seen all kinds of stats and numbers that, that, these in, that insurance companies publish out there all the time. And, and in that vein, Chris, you're correct. That, that usually, you know, women actuarially live longer than men. And, and uh, some of the school of thought is that, that men may not need as much long-term care insurance as women do because, you know, the, 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 the surviving spouse will tend to take care of the sick spouse at home longer before triggering out some type of benefit mm -hmm. uh, but when the when that spouse passes then the surviving spouse has no one to take care of so that's really a family dynamic and unfortunately what I've seen is that when you're looking in, in a financial planning perspective to, to, to the decision on should you purchase long-term care or not insurance you know that decisions made years and years before these developments happen right and so both people usually end up with the policy or, and, and stuff of that nature. So a lot of it depends on the cost. A lot of it depends on your own assets, too. Some people have enough pensionable income coming in. Maybe they have a pension, and they're guaranteed X thousands of dollars per month. They may not need as big a long-term care policy or any at all because as long as they're alive, even if they're in a nursing home, that money's coming in. That money can be used to cover long-term care expenses as well. So in looking at what we would call programming the need for a long-term care policy and what type of policy that may be needed, there's a lot of factors to consider in all of this. You know, uh, age, type of policy, um, how the premiums are going to be paid, that, that type of stuff as well. So, and then family need too, uh, you know, and, and uh, history and just all kinds of, of information out there. But my point is that, and, and you're correct, my point is this is, you know, hey, don't let this blind spot creep up and, and something happen. You know, think about this. You've, you've saved all your life for, 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 you know, in retirement plans and in assets and things like that. And to have an illness such as that uh, pierce, pierce that or take a good chunk of it, you know, sometimes it's just not a good story when, when you can look at offloading the responsibility, the financial burden to a third-party insurance company. Well, if nothing else, it gives you some peace of mind that you have something in place just in case something were to happen. It does, and I've never seen a long-term care policy that, quote-unquote, is going to cover 100% of the need, 
okay, because you don't know what the need is. You buy the policy, you know, and then 30 years later, 20 years later, whatever it is, you know, you're in need of, of triggering those benefits. You know, what's the cost going to be, and has the policy kept up, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, but, but you know, you're, 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 look, you're shooting for, for somewhere in the ballpark of 70 to 80% of coverage on it all, and then some other resources and assets may, may be needed as well. So, you know, there's a lot of programming that goes into that, and, and you put it into the financial plan and take a good deep dive and a hard look into it. So, hey, I see we've had uh, uh, several, you know, lots of people today anyway coming to our website and signing up for our newsletter. Feel free to do so. Again, go to LarryRosenthal.com and just go ahead and click the button and sign up for our monthly newsletter. We'd be happy to send it out to you. There's no cost for it, and, and uh, you know, we send out once a month. We're not going to, you know, just crush your inbox or anything like that, but it's the purpose is to deliver financial education to you uh, so that you can take some of this information back. I was talking to somebody the other day about, about you know, you, 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 you listen to a show like this or you go to a webinar or a seminar or, or something like that and you sit down and, 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 and when you get all these different touch points, all this different information, you know, maybe seven or eight different, different ideas on, on how to take a look at, at improving your situation, what percentage of people going to these seminars or webinars or listening to a show such as mine here, what percentage of people actually take action on one or two ideas? You know, people spend, you know, just getting entertainment dollars, just sitting around, just listening, but they don't take any action. And that's one of the things that, that, that why we send out this newsletter and we choose not to charge for it is we want to, we don't want anybody to have any, you know, uh, issues with, with uh, you know, any speed bumps or anything like that. We want to deliver to you the financial planning uh, information that you need uh, to build your financial plan. You know, the three phases of financial planning, the accumulation phase, the distribution phase, and then the legacy phase, passing assets on to your heirs and things like that. So, uh, again, go visit the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Follow us and like us on Facebook. Sign up for our newsletter and check out our archives of libraries. Next week, we're going to be having our estate planning attorney on the show with me. It's going to be lots of fun. Uh, she's a little nervous right now, but she'll <laughs> get over it. She'll be fine. It'll be okay. And and uh, 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 she'll so be great. I mean, I've talked yep. to her a few times. She's a really smart lady, and I'm excited about having her on. So that'll definitely, be yeah. yeah. So so next week, you know, if you're a regular listener, be ready. Start just start writing down all your estate planning questions on wills and trust and probate and taxes and all that stuff. And we're just gonna just just uh, <laughs> uh, crawl in there and, and get a lot of information from her. Looking really then, forward to those webinars too, just coming up around the corner. So that's yep, we'll be announcing these here in the coming weeks in in. Uh, October, November, and December time frame, and, and we'll get the ball rolling on all that. So for I see we've got some callers on hold now. We're going to all stay in studio afterwards and answer the questions, but we've got to close out the show here real quick. So for Bob in the back. Now we still got some music coming here in about 15 seconds for about a minute, so you got a little time there. Oh, then I'm, I'm reading the countdown clock wrong. You are, yeah, yeah that just means it's, we're going to start uh, playing closing some. Closing theme, I see. We're, get, yeah. we're getting the orchestra ready. They're all tuning up here in, the, in about go. 2 one, zero, They're going to start talking to us. There we go. See, look at that. Oh, there it is. So the music. All right. <laughs> now I'm with you. Now I'm with you, definitely. So, hey, another show in the books here. You know, it's fun. I always enjoy Saturdays, open mic Saturdays. Not a lot of calls today, but we had a handful. Hope we delivered information to you. Sometimes we're just wall to wall. You never know. Uh, again, you can follow us and like us on Facebook at our website, LarryRosenthal.com. 
And then you can also uh, check us out on our live streaming YouTube at www.makingmoneysense.com. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense.